0: Welcome to Navigating UK Merger Control, a podcast from DLA Piper. My name is Sarah Smith and I'm a partner in the firm's competition practice. This podcast is aimed at those encountering the UK merger control regime for the first time or becoming reacquainted with it. Last time we discussed the impact of merger control on the wider corporate transaction and previously we've been joined by present and former members of the Competition and Markets Authority who've given us the regulators perspective on the UK regime. The UK regime has several key differences when compared with other international systems such as those in the US and in other European jurisdictions, which listeners may be more used to. In this episode, the fourth in our series, we're going to be delving into those differences. Semino, a competition partner in our Frankfurt office, will be talking to Richard Jenkinson, a senior associate in our London office. Semin and Richard will be contrasting the UK system with that found in Germany. A system which, because of its wide reach and common features with other European regimes, many will find more familiar than the UK system.
1: Thank you very much. And uh, thank you very much to uh, Semon for uh, joining us. Thanks for having me. We decided that Semen would be an interesting guest for our listeners to hear from because the German merger control system is much more typical of a European merger control system. The notification thresholds in Germany are comparable to other EU jurisdictions. And because they do it a lot more, some of our listeners might be familiar with the German system and not the UK system, even if they're based in the UK. Semen, can you just start us off by briefly describing the German system of merger control?
2: Sure, I'll be happy to do that. I mean, in many ways, it's very similar to the UK system. It is an independent merger control authority, the Bundeskartellamt. And like the UK, the merger control test is based on competition. The Bundeskartellamt uses basically the same test as the European Commission and many other European authorities, namely, will the merger post-closing significantly impede effective competition? Like in the UK, there's a two-phase review process, with unproblematic cases being cleared at the first hurdle, and other cases being referred to an in-depth phase two review, which can be a quite onerous and and time-consuming process. One, I guess, major difference to the UK is that the system is compulsory. That means if you hit the relevant threshold, then you must make a filing, and thus it always has an impact on the transaction timeline, which can be significant.
1: And that's something that's new to us in this series. So um, could you talk about compulsory filings and when a filing must be made in Germany?
2: Yeah, so compulsory, first of all, means that you need to obtain clearance before you close the transaction. And you have to obtain clearance if certain thresholds are met. The German system, like many others in the European Union, operate one set of purely turnover-related thresholds. And then there's one rather untypical, which combines both turnover with the transaction value uh, threshold. And let me maybe explain a bit. So the former one, the purely turnover related one is more traditional in a way. So a filing would be required when there's a combined worldwide turnover of all parties to the transaction of 500 million euros. One party having 50 million euros turnover in Germany. And one other party to the transaction, normally the target, has 17.5 million euros in Germany. And in each case, in the last completed fiscal year. These thresholds have been revised, I think, in January 21, so quite recent. And they increased the turnover thresholds significantly. The other one is the value threshold, which is basically designed to capture so-called killer acquisitions. This is where the value of the transaction, that's basically the purchase price and or any other consideration that is being paid. So if that value of the transaction is more than 400 million euros, there's still a requirement for still the combined worldwide turnover of 500 million and one other party having 50 million in Germany. And the target you know, only has to have so-called significant activities in Germany, which is generally interpreted to be a very low threshold.
1: Thank you. And um, as we found in earlier episodes, the CMA tends to use its share of supply tests to bring in what it considers might be a killer acquisition, such as Facebook Giphy or Sabre Fair logics that we've mentioned before. But the mandatory system is more usual across Europe, isn't it? The CMA, in fact, is the uh, one that's the outlier with the UK.
2: Yeah, I think that's correct. Every EU member state, I think apart from Luxembourg, operates a merger control regime. And I think even Luxembourg is currently considering to introduce a merger control regime. And every one of those EU member states has a compulsory notification system based on turnover, often combined with other thresholds such as market shares or asset value. But they all have that turnover element. And it basically means if you meet those turnover thresholds, then you have to make the filing.
1: And that presumably means that no issues cases are filed all the time across Europe, whereas in the UK, no filing would be made or at most a briefing paper would be put in.
2: Oh, yeah, all the time. I mean, because the threshold is simply based on turnover rather than being directly connected to the transaction's impact on competition. In this stage, it is completely irrelevant if there is going to be any impact on competition. And so filings are being made across Europe all the time. Germany is probably the country with the most filings simply because the turnover thresholds are comparatively low. And there are certainly many more filings in Germany than there are in the UK. In 2021, approximately 1,000 filings have been made, compared to, I think, only 55 in the UK. One has to know only very few of those 1,000 filings actually go to phase two, that is to say to an in-depth investigation. It's well below 1%, I believe, approximately or an average 10 phase two cases per year.
1: It's very interesting that uh, approximately 1,000 number because we were hearing in our last episode from our CMA guest speaker that approximately uh, 800 cases are considered by the Merger Intelligence Committee of the CMA and about 55 filings are made in the last year as well. So around about 850 mergers are considered in the UK just without formal filings. And then also the UK deals with probably around about 10 phase two cases each year. So what's interesting is the number of cases that are actually considered and the number of cases that are considered in depth seems to be actually incredibly similar. It's just that in Germany, you need to do these phase one filings. But my understanding is the German phase one filing is a lot less arduous than the uh, CMA
2: phase one filing. It can be very short. Indeed, the filing can be very short. So there's no strict form like in other countries. It's basically a letter which sets out the party's details, what they do in Germany, and their turnover information. In theory, market share information only needs to be provided where the parties have significant shares of over 20%. But in practice, market share information, at least at a very high level, will almost always be reported in even those very short filings. Notification can be about the length of a briefing paper to the CMA, so uh, another similarity can be as short as four pages for very, very simple cases. But I would say on average, it's around 10 to 20 pages in average.
1: Mm. And once the teams get going, there are regular discussions between them. The BKA uh, must communicate with the CMA and other authorities fairly regularly,
2: I assume. Yeah, they have quite an open channel in case teams regular discuss if the same transaction is on their table. But because of the different systems, the timing of, you know, where the two authorities are in the investigations can be very different. So they will be often in different places in the same transaction timeline. Can
1: you expand on that, please?
2: Yeah. So the CMA statutory deadline is, I think, 40 working days for a phase one decision. And in addition, there's typically a two to three months pre-notification stage before the actual filing is formally made. It's very different in Germany. So in Germany, the statutory deadline is only one month from the point in time where the filing is is made. And pre-notification is not required. It's actually uh, rather unusual to do that. So you just put in the filing and the statutory period starts to run. So in Germany, we will be already in the phase one period, expecting clearance within one month normally, whereas at the same time with a CMA, you maybe haven't even started anything or might still be discussing with the case team. Also, unlike the UK system in Germany, the statutory timetable for a phase one decision cannot be stopped, for example, by a request for information. It will continue to run, although I have to say in phase two, it can be stopped.
1: Mm. And so you have that one month period that can't be stopped. And uh, what happens at the end of that?
2: Well, at the end of the one month, if an in-depth investigation has not been started, then the transaction is deemed to be cleared. The Bundeskartell will usually send the parties a letter. It's an informal clearance letter. It will be very short, maybe a page or so, and there will be no reasoning in it. It will not be, you know, formally published. That's I think very different to the UK process where. You know, even in a straightforward notified merger, you will find some reasoning in there, and it will also be later published. And does it always take a month? It doesn't have to take a month. And in fact, the Bundeskartellamt often issues its decisions after about two to three weeks if the case is very straightforward. And sometimes if the matter is very urgent, for example, you know, if if the target is about to go bankrupt, a clearance letter can be made maybe inside a week But that's rather unusual and it requires really a good relationship with the case team.
1: Yes, I in fact remember you saying that in a case that we worked on together I nearly fell off my chair when you gave me such a short time frame. That's a very different system to the UK, isn't it?
2: It really is. The UK system, I would say, is really the outlier among the European systems that that are in place. I think the thing about filing in the UK, which at least my clients find most surprising, is just how onerous and time-consuming it is if it has to be made. The perception often is that, you know, since it is not compulsory, and it's often not necessarily a condition precedent to closing, you know, this is something we can worry about at a later stage, you know, it's only voluntary. And that's really thinking where we have to kind of re-educate our clients, because from a transaction planning perspective, this is definitely nothing we would recommend. You have to think about UK merger control early in the transaction planning process, Otherwise, you might miss something that can really cause problems later in the, in the process. So yeah. whenever you're talking to someone who has only you know, previously filed in Europe, doesn't have that much experience in the UK, it's just really important that they understand that the UK system is really different to the continental Europe ones. And, you know, that can really take people by surprise.
1: Mm. And I think in our conversation, you've uh, really demonstrated quite how different that European system can be, even though the fundamentals of what they're looking at and even how many cases they look at can actually be very similar. So, um, Simon, thank you very much for joining us and for talking us through this. Well, thank you so much for having me.
0: Thank you very much, Simon and Richard. And thanks to you for listening. We hope that you have enjoyed this fourth episode of DLA Piper's series Navigating UK Merger Control. Please do look out for episode five, where we will be discussing the CMA's approach to retail mergers with the leading economist, Paul Reeve. While many merger control systems focus on local effects, the CMA's particular share of supply tests makes it especially likely to consider small and local markets in the retail sector. We will be discussing how it does this, considering features common to local and retail markets cases, including the CMA's use of general rules to create features and decisions in order to tackle markets in bulk.